Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sweet Seats, episode 21. I'm your host today, Tyler Ratliff. I am joined by Anthony, Tony, Schulte, Carson Russell, and Andrew Heightenton. And today, we're going to start off by talking about the most watched game ever, most watched event, period, the Super Bowl. Guys, what do we think? We got Eagles, Chiefs. This will be our last time talking about it before the actual game. Let's go. Let's touch it one more time. What do we think here? Um, so to start, I, I, I do see I, – I think it's going to be a very close game. I don't see it being obvious either way because the Chiefs are becoming much more healthy. This last week they've only had one player off their 53-man roster not fully active, and that was Kadarius Toney. So, I mean, he's a target for Patrick Mahomes, which makes it tough. But them being healthy, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I don't know. Philly's offense just looks too good right now. So I, th- I think I just I see them winning. Yeah, my prediction has changed from, uh, like, last week to now. I would have said that the Eagles were going to win comfortably. I still think the Eagles are going to win, but I think it's going to be a really close, hard-fought game all the way to the end. But I still do think the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. Well, I just – I've said this all along, and I'm going to stick with it. And it's just I still think that the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. Mahomes is just – he's the most most clutch quarterback in the NFL. The guy beats elite teams like – all the time and we've seen him he's won a super bowl before he's been now in the super bowl three times this will be his third time here he's been here before jalen hurts like we've said before the last time he was in a big championship game he got benched for a freshman so i think that this is going to be maybe possibly a repeat with hurts he's that hurts doesn't have the experience that mahomes has and period i just think that mahomes is a better quarterback period but anthony i want to hear your predictions on this now um I, it's different between who I think is going to win and who I want to win. I want the Eagles to win just because I like I like Jalen Hurts. Miles Sanders is on my fantasy team. You know, I like Devontae Smith, whatever. I think the Chiefs are going to win, though. The Chiefs, just they like you said, they have that experience. They've been here before. They, they're used to winning. And Patrick Mahomes, he just won the MVP. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have an MVP performance. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more thing I want to talk about the Super Bowl is, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, and, it, I mean, it's kind of sports-related because it is the Super Bowl. What do we think about the halftime show this year, Rihanna? Like, I'm so excited. I love Rihanna. I'm a personal Rihanna stan. I love her, and I am very excited for uh, this halftime performance. And she better start with either Please Don't Stop the Music or Disturbia, and if she doesn't, I will be very, very disappointed. I agree, but just last year's halftime performance, that was my favorite ever. You had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem. And Mary J. Blige was okay, but like She's, those, she was awesome. I thought, eh, she was mid, but everybody else was just crazy, especially the first part with Dr. J and Snoop Dogg. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I was gonna add to that. It, it's gonna be tough to top last year. Last last year, I think was a really good one. And honestly, like the past five years, I think have been a lot of a lot of solid shows. I mean, she's good. Nah. If there's anybody um, that's gonna top last year, it'll be Rihanna. Oh, if she does it the right way, if if it's executed the right way, it'll be Rihanna that does it. Yeah, I like that. It's like just one person performing at the Super Bowl. I'm not necessarily a fan of it being five or six people all coming in and performing, so I like that. It's, I like that Rihanna's performing. I think it'll be a great halftime performance. Oh, absolutely, and I, we, I can't wait to see it. And now, I mean, we've touched on the Super Bowl pretty much like a lot, a lot in the past episodes and today. Now I want to move on to more like recent news, which we'll be talk about most of the podcast today, and that is the NBA trades that have been going on now. Guys, what do we think, especially now, with the Sadiq Bay trade that was just here in Detroit and James Wiseman and Anthony being the big Piston fan that you are, I want to know what you think about this trade. 
I'm very torn because I love Sadiq Bey. He's been one of my favorite players since he was at Villanova, and I was very happy when we drafted him. The one thing about Sadiq Bey that annoyed me and annoyed a lot of people is he can't play defense. He's a very bad defender, and he's very inconsistent. He could be on a great stretch for like 10 games and then go absolutely cold for the next 10 games. I've alluded to it before. And the front office, actually, I was reading an article on The Athletic by James Edwards III, and he said that, sources said that the Pistons front office, they didn't like the style of play that he was bringing, and they didn't like what he was doing on the – they thought they still think he's talented, but they didn't, think, they didn't like what he was bringing to the court and the turnovers, the bad defense, the bad defense, the um, inconsistent scoring. And they thought that – and Troy Weaver has been high on James Wiseman since the draft. It was his number one on his big board. He wanted Wiseman to fall. He was trying to trade up to get Wiseman. He, had, of course, ended up with Killian Hayes with that ninth pick. But he's always wanted James Wiseman. He's been trying to pry James Wiseman away. And he, finally they were like, yeah, give us Sadiq Bey and sure. And he was like, okay, he's an inconsistent wing. We have Boyan. We, the, the next coming up free agency has good forwards. We'll move on from Sadiq. Sadiq's brought some great memories, but James Wiseman, I'm excited, and he had that 30-point game earlier in the year against the Nets. Uh, per his per 36 numbers, he's averaging close to a double-double. This year, he's averaging 56 percent on the uh, from the field. So James Wiseman's a, a, a I don't want to say a good player because he he has a lot of flaws. He's, he's shown basically flashes. he's shown flashes. He's basically Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley is a offensive big that doesn't really play to his size and he can't play defense. That is exactly James Wiseman. Now James Wiseman's seven foot. He's our only seven footer now on the roster, and hopefully you know playing starter minutes and being a starter type player, especially with Duran, which he's probably going to start with Duran, he might blossom into a star. I mean they did play together at Memphis, so. Yeah, yeah, it's just like I got to be perfectly honest with you about this trade and what I think specifically about the Bay and Wiseman trade. I I mean, up until this point, I haven't really questioned any of Troy Weaver's decisions with picking, whether it's Ivy, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Stu, Killian Hayes, and I don't think I'm missing anything really. Livers. Oh, Livers, and also trading for Marvin Bagley. Those are all pretty good, safe picks, I would say. This is his first decision, I would say, that he has made that was an actual, like, risk taker. Like, this is either going to be the time for the Pistons to be like, okay, like, he's a genius, nobody else saw this but him, or he just straight up took our organization, put them in a headlock, and DDT'd us into the ground and screwed our organization. Like that's just- Only time will tell. Only time will tell with this trade. Will, will James Wiseman pan out? Will Sadiq Bey turn into an all-star? And the thing that scares me is the last time the Pistons traded 30-year players, guess who they were? Multiple-time all-star and NBA champion Chris Middleton and averaging 17 points per game this season, Spencer Dinwiddie. So, yeah, those are two great talents that we just got rid of in their third year. Like, oh, okay, these are just expendable pieces. They don't really, I mean, they're, they're good, but we don't need them. I hope, I hope Sadiq does well, but in the same token, I'm like, I hope we actually win the trade. Yeah, the exactly. And the thing that is just crazy about this, though, like, I mean, yeah, coming out of college, Wiseman was looked at to be one of the top players coming out in the draft three years ago. And everyone was like, this guy is going to be the next Joel Embiid or whatever and just be a complete beast in the NBA. And, yeah, he's big. But you know what I've seen? He's soft. That's not good. You don't want that. And he was just in the G League 
earlier this you traded a player that averaged 15 points a game and 18 points a game in the last 10 games for a player that was recently in the G League earlier this year. That's the crazy part. I mean, yeah, every person has their favorites of players that they want, but you got to have like some sort of background to go off of it. But like, also, Sadiq Bey l- can lose you games with his inconsistency. I he know, can but win you can games win. He can lose you games. And when you have a player that's inconsistent, especially in this league, you need consistency. The one thing Sadiq had going for him that was consistent was his availability, and this year he got injured and he didn't play in, I think, three or four games. So his availability was was shortened, and he, he's just inconsistent. It's just how it is. When when he's inconsistent, he's not good. He is a net negative everywhere when he's in, when he's not shooting the ball well. When he shoots the ball well on a rare occurrence, yeah, he's a great player. But I think Troy Weaver and their staff is just like tired of. We don't know what we're going to get from Sadiq. I know, but it's the same thing. You don't know what you're going to get from Wiseman either. I mean, yeah, people have said possibly that uh, the Pistons might see something that the Warriors didn't in Wiseman and develop him better. The Warriors aren't a bad organization. This is a team that has won multiple NBA championships in the past 10 years. I'm pretty sure if this guy had something going for him, the Warriors would have noticed it, made him better in the last three years, and the guy would be getting more time on the Warriors. And I don't see like what the Pistons are doing here. I mean, yeah, there's a chance that this guy could come out and do something, but... I just, I seriously, I just don't see it. I like Sadiq Bey. This is a guy last year, I think, he, what did he drop? 60 points in one game? 51. 51, that's what it was, 51. He, that just shows like his ability. That's very rare. Not a lot of players can do that. So when he's on his top game, that shows what Sadiq Bey can do. And I don't think that the Pistons should have given up on him this early. And I mean, Carson and Andrew, you guys have been a little quiet over there. I want to see what you guys think about this trade. All right, well, I'm, I slightly disagree with you. I actually like the move for the Pistons because you got to remember, Wiseman is still, he is young. He is really young. He's 21. I, yeah. I, I like what Weaver's been doing. He's been seeing people who are formally drafted, like top three, like very high picks, and just seeing if we can grab and develop. We tried with Bagley. didn't quite work out. But I like grabbing another young big in Wiseman, putting him next to Duran. I think those two could pair very well down low and end up being really good. And like what Anthony was saying with the inconsistency with Bay, I don't want to say he's reached that ceiling because he's shown potential, but I just I don't know if I see him turning out to be a great player. So I don't hate grabbing Wiseman because I I really do think he could be awesome. A seven-footer to pair next to our extremely athletic 19-year-old big man in Jalen Duran. He's also 240 pounds. I mean, so on top of that uh, amazing height that he has, he has some weight to throw around. Right. I mean, you put those two down there. I mean, that's not only defense. It's going to be very hard to score in the paint against us. But then also on the offensive side, I mean, that's way more putbacks, points in the paint. I, ju- I think that's a good move for the Pistons, personally. I mean, Sadiq Bey averages 15 points a game, almost five rebounds. But you can see he goes for 31 game, and in the next game he scores eight points. His yep. inconsistency is not there, and his defense has been poor the whole season and throughout his whole career, really. I mean, I think it's actually a good move because Wiseman, he has such a high potential. His floor is definitely lower than Sadiq Bey's, but his potential is higher, and I think that's a great trade, and I think, I think it'll work out. With James Wiseman, right, he was in Golden State. You know, Golden State's a very win-now team. They're the, this dynasty in the 2010s and 2020s, and they're winning all these championships, and there's really no room, room for them over there. And they're not going to put a really young guy, they're, gonna, they're not going to throw him out there when they're trying to win ball games. when you have Kevon Looney and Draymond Green who have experience, right? They have winning experience. So I think James Wiseman getting a fresh start, right, where the spotlight's not on him, he's not in a, in a winning, a, a winning 
culture organization and he could just hoop. He could just play ball. He can. He's going to start probably. He's going to get more opportunities. They're, he's not going to get sent down to the G League unless he absolutely stinks. But I don't think if you're, I don't think if you were that highly touted and picked the second overall pick in your third year, you can be considered a bust yet. And people are, like, oh, James Wiseman's a bust. No, he hasn't had his opportunity. Playing off the bench in 18 minutes a game is not an opportunity. That's uh, that's playing in an organ you got your championship he got his championship he was playing in his winning organization and now he can really try to restart his career and build up a good career for himself yeah and my, my other thing with that is when you think about like the warriors dynasty over the past few years sure. i mean they really haven't had a true big man which they try to go for i mean you had draymond who's always been great but i wouldn't say, he's it, more it, of it, a you power can't, forward you can't leave out javel mcgee no that's you what i was gonna say their best out. like true center in this time has been like JaVel McGee. It's been so Kevon like, It's been Kevon and, and Looney. Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's but been insane. When you think about it, they haven't had a true, like, a good big man. So I think if you're saying he didn't work out in Golden State, I think it makes sense. They like to play yeah. perimeter ball, guard heavy. So I think the Pistons will more benefit from having a big than the Warriors tend to yeah, do. Yeah, but I, you know what I think the Pistons really need to do to make this trade work out? I mean, you got to look at the size on this guy. Like we said before, seven foot 240. Someone has to teach this guy how to use his size and be very physical. When we have good big man coaches, too. We need – because if you have Duran, Stu, and now Wiseman – And Bagley. Let's and not forget Bagley, about Bagley. But we all, i got to be honest. I really don't think Bagley has a very mean bone in his body. So yeah, I don't think tough. that – He's got to learn it. He, I, someone needs to teach this guy how to get angry and use his size out there and push people around and just be a beast out there. Because if Wiseman can learn how to do that – I think the sky is the limit from there, but that's a very slim chance considering what I have seen in the past. I was looking at the team's interest in Sadiq Bey, and I think this is why we traded for Wiseman, not only because Weaver really likes him, right? The other teams that were interested, Miami, New York, what does Miami have to offer? We're getting Duncan Robinson, who is an overpaid $20 million a year player that is not great. All he can do is shoot the three, nothing else. Mm -hmm. He can do it consistently, kind of. But he can't do anything else. He can't drive. He can't shoot mid-range, which is surprising. And he can't play defense. The other option was the Knicks. And you know who the Knicks gave up for Josh Hart at this trade deadline? Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, the Pistons were really high on him. But Cam Reddish is far worse than James Wiseman, in my opinion. Again, Cam Reddish, same thing. He hasn't had his opportunity. But just based off the sample sizes that I've seen of both of these players recently, I'm taking James Wiseman over Cam Reddish. And especially because we would probably have to give up a pick to New York. And New York already has a lot of draft capital from us. So I think if Weaver's looking, okay, we want to trade Bay because Bay is about to get, we have to pay Bay either at the end of this season or the end of next season if we give him uh, the team option. We have to pay him. He's going to want upwards of 20 to 25 mil. Okay, we don't want to pay for inconsistency. Let's try to trade him, get as much value as we can for him, and, and bring in Wiseman who, you know what, what if Wiseman plays great? Right, sign him at the end of this year to a low contract, and then if he blossoms, it's like okay, that was a steal, right? Because you avoided paying twenty-five million dollars for inconsistency and bad defense, and you got a, a, a what could be a good player in James Wiseman for cheap. And if Wiseman yeah. doesn't, if he doesn't turn out to be a good player, we're already having a bad season. Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, there's yep. many players who yep. can yeah. get. So I think it's actually a good trade because either he can be really good and blossom here. Or we could just keep playing bad. He could play bad. But we don't have that chance of, oh, Sadiq Bay is going to go score 40 and get us another win that will end up not helping us get a low draft pick. Yeah. yeah. And now I 
gentlemen, I want to move on to the next trade. That I think we've touched on the Sadiq and Wiseman trade enough. I want to talk about the KD Kevin Durant trade to Phoenix. Now the Suns, the Valley has KD, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and TJ Warren. Don't that forget TJ Warren. That Bubba is Jordan. a not bad super team. This is the Suns saying. I mean, they traded a lot for Kevin Durant. They, they traded did. a lot. Some people said they traded too much. I personally don't think that they traded too much. I think this is sort of an NBA, like kind of what the Rams did in the NFL, where they went all in one year. They got Vaughn Miller. They got Odell Beckham. And now I feel like the Suns are doing the same thing. They're going for the title this year. Well, this was a massive trade because the Suns get Kevin Durant, TJ Warren. The Nets got Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Juan Pablo Valle, 2023 first, 2025 first, 2027 first, 2028 first, 2028 second round pick swap from Milwaukee, 2029 first round pick swap from Phoenix, and 2029 second round pick from Milwaukee. The Bucks got Jay Crowder out of the situation. Jay Crowder was a former son. And the Pacers got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and Jordan Nora, and three f- future second round picks from Milwaukee and cash from Brooklyn. That was the entire trade, which was massive. It's a massive trade. Yeah, absolutely. It just... The thing that people said, like, they gave up too much, and now the Suns aren't going to have a future. Well, in my opinion, quite frankly, they don't need a future. That's because they have all these good players. You don't need to replace DeAndre Ayton. You don't need to replace Kevin Durant. You don't need to place, replace Chris Paul or Devin Booker. These are all great players. I don't, quite frankly, unless they make a trade, I think that if they keep all these players on the same team, they'll be just fine. But what I am questioning is, like, Will Kevin Durant be able to play with all of these other superstars? Because, I mean, we try, we've seen him play on a team with Kyrie and James Harden. Everyone was talking about that NBA super team. This is going to be our next NBA champions. That team totally imploded. They didn't even make it past the first round one year. And I, quite frankly, I will this happen again? That's my question. Now, my thing, is I actually like this move for the Suns, but they have to win now. Because if they don't win now, it's a bust, and they have absolutely no future. But I do see them winning, and I actually do think this one will work out because with Durant and uh, Harden and Irving, those are all guys, they want the ball in their hands all the time. They want to be shooting all the time. With this team, now you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant who are going to be wanting to be shooting all the time. But with Chris Paul in this stage of his career, is more a pass first he's guard. He's a he, so he was 0 for 7 against the Pistons, 0 points, but he had right. 13 assists. He's, he's always been a great passer. So I think having him paired with this team is amazing. And then you also have Aiton who can be on the boards and be an incredible role player for them. And now Warren who will be an absolutely amazing role player for them. I actually see this one working out well for them because they're not all guys who just want to put up 50 shots a game. Well, they didn't give up all their depth either. Let's right. think about that. All they gave up player-wise was Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who didn't even play for them. Jay Crowder hasn't played this season because he didn't want to, and Mikal Bridges. And you still have Torrey Craig, who's been starting all year because there's been injuries all over the place. So Torrey Craig's been an experienced starter. So they're not really giving up a lot of depth. They still have campaign. They still have Dario Saric. They still have, uh, they still have their backup big, why can't I think of his name, uh, Jock Londale, who's been playing very well this year. So they didn't give up much depth, which is pretty good because you're getting Kevin Durant, who's playing with the uh, Nets beat, re- beat reporter for ESPN, said this is the best he's seen Kevin Durant play since Oklahoma City. So they're getting a very good player. I mean, DeAndre Aiden, 24, Devin Booker, 26. No, that's not a great future. That's only two players. 
But even if this technically doesn't work out, which I think it will this year and maybe even next year, I think they could maybe win two in a row. But I think they should win it this year. But they still have players where they could end up trading those guys away to keep a decent future. Yeah, for sure. And just one thing, like I want to, I think people like obviously see like as KD as a great player and everything. But I think like I mean the guy is averaging pretty much thirty points a game. That's insane. Not too many people in the NBA are doing that. So obviously we know the Suns are getting a heck of a player. But I would like to move on right now very quickly to one trade that happened earlier this week as well. Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks to play with Luka. What do we think on that trade very quickly? Um, I don't hate the trade, but I don't love it as much as the Suns. Um, I do think it's nice where now you don't need Luka to play every minute of every game in order to win, as you, you saw you know, Luca didn't play, Irving goes in, drops 24, and they win. So I think that's obviously huge for them where Luca doesn't need to play every minute of every game. But um, I don't know if they're going to be contenders yet. Yeah, for sure. And I just – the thing that I have – I'm concerned about with this trade is, in my opinion, the place where Kyrie has flawed and just blossomed the most it was Boston. And at the time, Boston didn't really have any other – I mean, Jason Tatum was developing, but he wasn't really a superstar at the time. So he has been at his best when there hasn't been any other superstars on the team. We saw him fight with LeBron in Cleveland. We saw him have some problems in Brooklyn with KD and Harden. Will it be similar again with Luka in Dallas? Absolutely, I think it will. We've seen Kyrie react to a lot of things poorly, and I think he will do something that will make the Mavericks angry. I disagree. I don't think that there's going to be a problem in that sort of aspect, but I don't think this is going to work out in the way they expect to. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, that's no defense. I don't know. This team's going to go and score 120 a game, but they might let in a hundred. They might let up 120 a game also. I think they will still be a decent team who can make the conference finals, but I don't think they have championship in them. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, I mean, everyone has mixed opinions on trades, but we'll have to see how it works out. But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today for the episode of Sweet Seats this afternoon. Our next episode will be Tuesday, February 14th, hosted by Jacob Bubbles Masella. That's it for today, everyone. Have a great day.